The trouble started when you embraced their solution to a problem you didn't have. You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast and I'm your host, Tulks Aruture. This is episode 68. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe you can begin again as often as you need to. Episode 68 is why your New Year resolutions won't last. Happy New Year. (laughs) I trust 2023 has started well, and it is my great pleasure to share my thoughts for the very first time in this brand spanking new year. I hope yours has started well. I hope you have not been overindulging and this time not on food, but on content and on inspiration, which is along the lines of what we're going to be talking about today. Not that it matters whether or not your year has started well, because guess what? New beginnings don't have to begin at the top of the year. So I've spent the last couple of weeks in reflection and resisting the temptation to fix everything that didn't seem to work last year. But I've also been spending some time in recovery and self-care because frankly, I needed it. In addition, I've been reiterating new truths that will become the foundation for the rest of 2023. So I really hope that you've been doing pretty much the same more time in reflection, less time in fixing. And so this year started differently for me because normally I begin on such a high, having cracked up with my brand new planner and I'm into planning mode. I'm working on creating a map for how I want and expect the year to run. Normally I'd be amending or starting a new routine and I'd even visit friends, go out for meals and just really start on a high because how I start, I've always felt is crucial to how the rest of the year will play out, but not this year. (laughs) Instead, I've actually shut my ears on purpose to any and every form of inspiration. First of all, because I believe new beginnings don't have to coincide with the start of the year. So that's one. Plus, if you fall in step with the rest of the world, with the whole new year, new me vibe, you risk losing momentum as it all dwindles collectively because that's what happens. The second reason is that I recognize my own tendency to absorb an excessive amount of appealing information. And I've learned that with this knowledge and motivation will come solutions to many problems, most of which I don't even have. And then I'd end up accepting problems, solving solutions to non-existent issues, which will lead me to subconsciously create the corresponding problem as I use my newly acquired solution to solve it. And so for that reason, I decided to just really stay away from all forms of inspiration so that I can be more in control and intentional about choosing exactly what I need. Because just because everyone screams about some particular train of thought or a particular guru that may be good in every form of the word doesn't make it good for you doesn't make it good for me at least in the seasons that we're in this is exactly what happened to Eve in the bible 
She was self-sufficient. She had everything she could possibly need, food and shelter, but <laughs> not just shelter, but she had a home that was beautifully designed by the world's best home and garden designer. We could call God the interior designer. Okay, she had a husband who loved her so much that they were practically one flesh. Eve had freedom. There was no, my husband wants me to be a stay-at-home mom or he doesn't want me working as an accountant. Because you and I know that there are men who don't allow their wives to work for other men. And when you watch a few Nollywood movies where the boss hits on his female assistant repeatedly, you'll understand why. Well, I digress. You get my drift. Eve didn't have that issue. She also did not suffer from imposter syndrome, insecurity, any form of doubt, uncertainty, none of those distractions. She didn't need to pay taxes, didn't have any issues with business rates, utility bills, none of that stuff. <laughs> I'll stop reverse moaning about her life after the fall. And when she wandered to that offending tree and began gisting with a snake, she knew that she wasn't lacking physically, emotionally, or spiritually. But somehow, with just two or maybe three sentences, the snake managed to sell her a solution to a problem she didn't have. Notice that he didn't say to her, you should have this or... Hey, Eve, I noticed that you don't have enough knowledge or you're lacking or hey, you need to know good stuff as well as evil stuff. He didn't even say any of that to her. He just started with a question and that question had two goals. One was to invite her into a conversation and the second was to create doubt in her mind. If you've ever had any of those, you know exactly what I'm talking about where you are so sure of yourself and where you're headed and then suddenly someone asks you a question that makes you doubt everything you were so certain about. I remember in secondary school when we had our mock GCSE or GCE exams is what we called it then. It was a multiple choice paper. This was math and it had options A to E and all of them in the end, so we didn't know this ahead of time, of course, but turned out that all the answers were the letter C or the option C. And so by the time you start answering these math questions and you're like, question one, answer C, question two is C, question three is C, you're like, uh, question four. By the time you get to five, listen, you begin to doubt that this cannot be right. And some of us like yours truly, <laughs> we're not that confident in our math skills and we began to go back to change the answers. It was obviously a trick by a math teacher, I failed. <laughs> so Satan's question, did God really say you shouldn't eat from the tree, had the goal of creating doubt. And his next sentence, oh, you're not going to die. God knows that your eyes will be open and you'll know good and evil and you'll be like God. God knows that. You see, he never actually told her to eat the fruit. All he did was create an atmosphere of doubt and her senses got to work and did the rest. <laughs> she saw that the tree was beautiful. She saw that the fruit looked good. It looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And 
her senses went to work, her senses did all the work. And so the snake managed to offer her a problem and a solution in one package. And that's what I want you to avoid, especially at this time of the year, because all around us are solutions to problems that exist, but they are not ours. And if like Eve, you're on shaky ground, and you're not confident in your ability or you are like me where I had to go and start changing the answers that were not wrong, like I did on my math test, you'll receive answers to questions that have been suggested or introduced to your mind. And those actions will drive, those questions rather, will drive your actions. So in my Mindset Mentoring program, Get Unstuck, we're currently looking at the role that our surroundings play in the results that we end up with. And it's not that our environment forces us to go in a particular direction, but rather the environment becomes the source of your thoughts, which spark off emotions that drive your actions and results in situations that go on to become our circumstances. And that's why year in, year out, you may appear to go round and round in circles. You may start the year with this sentence, well, this year, this is the year I must do X, Y, Z. This time it's going to happen. Despite the fact that you said exactly the same thing last year and the year before, and it still didn't happen. New Year resolutions that are focused on activity and not mindset will not stick. It may work for a while, you know, like those people who start jogging on the 1st of January. I'm not laughing at them because I've been there. Start jogging on the 1st of January or they join the gym on the 1st of January and then slowly taper off so that by February 15th, they have stopped completely. I remember reading once a conversation between a guy who wanted to join the gym and the gym members of staff and they were like, he was asking for parking space or something and they all their parking spaces were gone. And he says, oh, don't worry, just come back in three weeks time and we'll have a space for you. And he was confused. It's the start of the year. Everyone is, you know, in the gym at that time of the year. Why would I have a parking space in three weeks time? And he says, because by then people would have given up. And the numbers in the gym would go back down to their regular levels, their normal levels, which is kind of sad. But I, I believe the reason why new resolutions do not stick is because the focus is on action and not thought. In the mentoring group, we are using an acronym. Well, I don't even have an acronym for it, but it's, it's C-T-E-A-R, which is Circumstances thoughts, emotions, actions, and then results. That is the order in which things happen. Your thoughts are formed from whatever your space is filled with, whether it's conversations you've had with people, social media, material you're reading, the news from television or wherever, and your thoughts drive your emotions. And I've got to pause and, and prove this to you. So I'm dealing with a situation at work where... A craftsman has, uh, he's in the process or he's trying to scam me and has gone and taken my money and basically is just been playing. In Nigeria, we say playing koso with me, like he's just messing around, right? And I 
made peace with the situation because I have things on the way. I've made a report to the police and I've put things in place and I know exactly how I'm going to deal with it. And for that reason, I stopped stressing and fussing over it. I just kind of, you know, when you're just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle this and leave it to the side so that I'm not spending time thinking about it. And I was at that place until he sent me a text one morning that just annoyed the hell out of me. And because of the text and the thoughts that started, which was, this guy thinks I'm a fool. <laughs> that actually caused the emotion of anger instantly and it caused me to be irritable. How is that an example? Well, because that morning when I woke up, I knew what the state of affairs was. When he sent me the text, the state of affairs had not changed. It was my thoughts about what I imagined he was thinking about me that set me off and got me upset. And so your emotions are directly linked to your thoughts. And that's why you can have circumstances that don't change from one day to the next, but your thought about the circumstances, as it changes, it affects your emotions. And so then your emotions drive your actions because it's now, now I'm angry. What am I going to do? Am I going to send a text back and blast him? Am I going to, you know, speak to friends? What am I going to do? Your emotions drive you to take the next step. And then your action is what finally creates the result. So the outcome of your life today and forever is always going to be as a result of an action you took. But you must remember that your action did not begin in a vacuum. Your action is not an isolated incident that just suddenly showed up or just popped up. Your action was driven by your emotion, which started off from your thought life. And so if you're going to change your behavior, if you're going to change results, if you're going to make your resolutions stick, if your resolutions are going to make it through to December, then you've got to take a break from being busy and dedicate time to uncover your thought patterns and then work to change them so that it now aligns with where you're headed. In the program, we're also learning to see circumstances as neutral and that circumstances are neither good nor bad. Now, I know that this is contrary to what we've all grown up believing and what we can see and identify from one day to the next. For example, there are people who live in war-torn countries. That is a circumstance and that's a bad circumstance. So how can I say it's neither good nor bad? So it's not to say that it really isn't. It's just an intention to see your circumstance as a neutral ground that you're standing on, which is the place you're going to grow from. Because if you label your circumstances as negative or positive, you either disempower yourself or you give yourself a false hope that you are at an advantage over others. I think that if we look at our circumstances as neutral, we then have the power to define what happens going forward and, and how we choose to see where we stand on. It's like looking at the ground on which trees are, are grown or plants are grown. You can plant good seed and it will grow or you plant bad seed and it won't grow and it doesn't matter the state of the soil right so that's my thinking and that's what we're learning in the program the circumstances are neutral 
But the point I really want to highlight is that most people try to change the results they produce by changing their action. This is because, again, like I said, action is the immediate precursor to results. But when you understand that your action is not independent of emotion and thought, you will take the time to work on your thoughts, knowing that the thoughts will take care of the actions ultimately. But this isn't something we are taught. This isn't something that we learn. And so we must guard our mind. I go on and on about curating your environment. If you've been listening to the Living Inside Out podcast for any length of time, you would have heard me say, curate your environment, cherry pick the information and the people that you're having in your space. Make sure that you're surrounded only by healthy material and sensible people. And I stand by that. But I also want to say that just because you're surrounded by good stuff does not mean you should consume everything that's up for grabs because you will be overstuffed and you wouldn't have the space to act on new truths or for these new bits of information to blossom. This is a lesson that I needed to learn because I've got a tendency to esteem knowledge higher than I should, which means that I run the risk of consuming stuff that I don't need. I hope this blessed you. Now, if you'd like to learn more about my mindset mentoring program, I'll be starting again in the final week of February and you can head to my website talksarotere.com and click on work with me and register there. I've also left the link in the show notes. In addition, I'm going to be starting a monthly coaching program before the end of quarter one. So it will be before March or should we say we will be starting in April. Send me a message if you'd like to know more. And this is as a result of feedback that I've received from those that are on the current program, as well as people who couldn't commit to the eight hours a month get on stock program. The monthly group program only requires two hours a month with daily inspiration. And there'll be more about that in due course. At this point, I want to say thank you so very much for listening, for riding with me throughout 2020 and for starting the year with me again. I'm super excited because I have so much planned for this year. Not too much, but the few things I have planned, it's all really good stuff. So make sure you subscribe if you're not subscribed and make sure that you share this podcast with family members, friends, anyone you think will benefit from it. And I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.